Welcome to Dave and Dom Demystify, a fintech futures podcast, helping make sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Please sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and discuss it to make it clearer and easier to understand. Demystify. Welcome everybody to the Dave and Dom Demystify show. And this week, We've got a really good topic because it's something that's quite personal to me as a landlord. We have Garrett Foxen from Let's Pay and we have Adam Molson from Griffin Bank who are working together to solve a problem, I think, that would help people like myself. Guys, can you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about your companies? So I'm Garrett Foxen, founder and CEO of Let's Pay. We automate the client accounting for letting agents. So we do the seamless journey, transition the cash from the tenant into the landlord's uh, bank account, taking up fees, charges, managing NRL, and streaming that whole journey for the letting agent. Um, we use uh, embedded finance and we do the accounting ourselves through our own platform. Great. Adam? Uh, hi, I'm Adam, the Chief Commercial Officer at Griffin. Griffin is a, a bank in the UK, probably regulated bank, just like a high street bank, like a Barclays or a HSBC or whatever. The difference with Griffin is we don't build applications for the market. And you might think that's strange, but the industries that exist in this country are varied. And our belief is that you need to be an expert in a particular industry so that you can add value and help people. Um, and so what we do is work, we work with innovative companies that are very focused on particular industry verticals. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, property and residential letting property at that. Um, and we work with those specialist companies that really understand the pain and problems that the industry face. And then we essentially work with them to embed um, the banking capability into their applications. And we just sit quietly behind the scenes, doing some important things like holding money and making sure it's safe and creating value from the, those deposits that we hold. And then we share that value back with our partners to help them with their go-to-market and their execution. So we do the thing that banks are really good at, which is managing liquidity and managing risk and pricing risk. And then the actually satisfying customers is down to our expert and customers and partners. Thank you both and welcome to the show. Gara, why did you start Let's Pay? I mean, surely banks were banking for estate agents already. Why does Let's Pay exist? What's it solving? Yeah, so Let's Pay started in 2019. We built a few proof of concepts. The concept came to me. I started the, the, the business Handley Payments Limited to solve all SME banking issues and, and payment problems. And then we needed to find our niche. A friend of mine has worked in a letting agent, came to me with a problem, and then I did a street walk down my local town and went into every letting agent there and just tried to understand what it was. And it soon became clear that it was a heavy manual, heavy, time-consuming, risk-heavy process that they're doing to manage a lot of money and a lot of their clients' money. So I thought, right, well, with my expertise in the payments industry, I can build a platform that can automate a lot of this, taking the compliance risk away from them, taking the headache risk away from them, and making their lives a lot easier. Let the letting agents do what they do best. The service that they 
I mean, I'm really interested because you sort of say you started with a walk down the high street and my background is more user experience and design rather than technology. And I always say, actually, identifying the customer problem is a kind of key thing. So beyond sort of actually doing that first walk, did you involve letting agents as you were sort of developing the proposition out from a kind of, I don't know, research point of view or, or more than that? Absolutely. So we identified five what we class as friendly letting agents to brainstorm our ideas with, to build out our proof of concepts with. Actually, three 2019, we built three proof of concepts. One actually trialed live and transacted live with a letting agent in Leicester. And then we eventually landed on what we call Let's Pay version two, which was built on an EMI at the time. And that did the full holding of the accounts and transacting of the accounts. And we gradually, slowly rolled that out through 2020. You know, we started with three. The first month when we transacted a million pounds, but then we had 10 agents on board. So we gradually grew and kept under the radar, but grew our knowledge, grew our experience and grew the platform. And there's lots of bits that we didn't offer the first up that the first agent we had was very happy with. But then as soon as you get into the next letting agent, their requirements are a lot a lot different. So there's a lot of configurability within Let's Pay. Every letting agent works and manages their book differently. That's why the area is so flamboyant and great. And I've learned a lot about the industry. And I've learned a lot that every letting agent is different. They process different. They treat their friends differently. And they treat how they work their clients differently. So we've had to do lots of configuration for our letting agents to manage it, how they want to manage their book. Now we're getting up to 200 letting agents on our books. We always get it when we have a demo go, why haven't you got this feature? Why aren't you doing this? Don't let the other letting agent in the UK do that way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a great, great uh, market to be in. Fantastic. And why do you think banks haven't done this before? I mean, is it too small a segment for them? Not enough money involved? Why do you think a bank hasn't done it before? The thing about Let's Pay is we're merging two two problems together, two solutions together. The banking is normally the, the lower layer where Adam's taking the lead on and they're, they're taking it. But our technology is the accounting. So we do all of the accounting, so we, we communicate to the tenants, tell them where to pay and use all of the modern payment channels uh, available for the tenant to pay. The easier it is for the tenant to pay, the sooner they will pay and the happier the landlord is. So we do the accounting and the reconciliation of the payment and the, the, the two, you know, T accounting and all of that and the allocation of the funds and then the banking is underneath. Shall I talk a little bit about what we've learned in that process? Yeah, this is where we want to hear, I guess, more about the partnership as well. That would be great. Yeah, I think this is like feedback loops of learning that have gone on. So Garrett and his team have been in this space like really deep. He was talking about 2019 doing pilots and road testing. So they've been in this a long time. Our sort of background, when we were going through the very long process of becoming a bank and getting a banking license, is you, it's really interesting. You have to understand an evidence that you've understood there are real needs in the market and that you can demonstrate to the regulator that you can solve those needs and do that in a sustainable way for a very long time. Because the last thing anyone wants is a, a bank coming to market and then a couple of years later, they no longer exist, right? So a lot of the research we did over the last few years identified uh, needs to provide client money accounts to lots of different industries in the UK market. 
lots of legal firms have requirements to deal with client money. And I would say we, we kind of generally was aware that there was needs around the property sector, but it wasn't a sort of domain that we really went deep into. And then in early this year, February, March time, Garrett and I met for the first time. We were introduced by Common Contact. And, and what became really apparent is that there's a massive problem in the UK residential lettings market where there are banks that provide client money accounts and have done for, for years. But there's some very particular problems in this space. Garrett can talk to some of them, but from our research, some of the problems are things like, well, it can take up to three weeks to open a client money account. So to open any kind of account, taking three weeks, that's a long time. So that until a business has an account, you can't hold any money, you can't, you can't transact. So, okay, that's a bit of a problem. So how do you get that quicker? Another problem is that the accounts that exist mingle funds together. So within one account, you can have lots of activity from different underlying landlords. That creates like a massive problem with reconciliation and processing and just knowing if the rent's been paid. There's also, I think, some uh, concerns that businesses were commingling their own funds with client funds. So you need to have a lot of control around companies being able to access and control client money versus their own money and make sure that those things are distinct so that protects the customer. And uh, yeah, a number of other issues, but it effectively came down to, while there are banks servicing this market today, they can't do it in a particularly efficient manner. It's not scalable. It's certainly not fast and it's not done in a technology friendly way. So in a sector where the number of rental properties has exploded in the last three years and the number of rental properties is just going to explode going further because people can't afford mortgages, you know, you need highly efficient automated processes from the bank all the way through to the systems that the letting agency use. I mean, my assumption, foolishly, was that there's an account per landlord. Why isn't that? You'd think, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd think that would be the logical thing to do, right? But why isn't that the case? Yeah, no. Is it too expensive or? The banks can't facilitate it. The banks don't have the technology to facilitate it. Right. I mean, that's, I just find that bizarre because it's like, even when my, my account, I won't mention the bank, it's not one of the incumbent banks, but I can have like these compartments. I can say like, here's my account, but is I'm keeping some money for my holiday for my gas bill in the winter because it's higher than the average. And then I can have these little compartments and surely, you know, you could have an account and then have lots of little compartments per landlord. So that doesn't happen. Wow. That's a revelation. <laughs> not, not to date, but you would, I think we all see these references of how things could be done in the future. And we're not keeping it secret. The problem that we're solving and how we're solving it, other people think they can do it. Fantastic. Because there's 6 million residential properties in this country and growing. Griffin is not going to be supporting all of these. And, what, and why should we? Yeah, I mean, when you say 6 million, you mean 6 million rented? 6 million or, rented properties, yeah. yeah. Imagine how many landlords there are. Imagine then how many accounts, how many insurance payments there are, maintenance payments, fees deducted. This is a huge amount. And so it's, this problem is all about introducing risk management at a bank standard, so bank standard financial crime risk management into a very scalable, efficient technology stack. And so banks are really good at the risk management, but they can't embed that today into the tech stack. 
these are just two different worlds that don't actually interconnect. And that's what we've done is embedded risk management with tech stack to manage these accounts and do that massive scale. So as I said, I know this problem kind of acutely and I didn't realize about the underlying account piece, which I find fascinating because when I looked at this, I looked at the space and I knew that there were 6 million rented properties. There's four and a half million landlords, 70% of which only own one property. These are the guys that, you know, have bought a property for their kids to go to university and then help them to get onto the ladder, et cetera. They're the unprofessional landlords that, that the government doesn't really want. <laughs> um, and we know that because they're applying all this pressure to get your gas certificate done, to get your electricity checks done, Legionella, blah, 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 blah. More and more regs coming into the industry to flush out these semi-unprofessional landlords, right? But at the same time, I just thought, well, isn't there an opportunity for like a bank to say, well, okay, here's an account. You can put all your rent in it. At the end of the year, we'll separate your income from your expenses. You can tag the expenses that are capital versus income so that you know you can do your returns much more easily, right? By the way, if you tell us your gas, when your gas boiler certificate was done, or we'll see from the payment to a gas supplier that was done that you know, we'll send you a reminder every year and it becomes a proactive account. Is this an area that's interesting to you, Garrett, as well? Or can you see yourself going further into this to help the landlords as opposed to just the letting agents? Absolutely. So let's at the moment is just purely focused on solving the letting agents client accounting problem. We spin up an account per landlord, as you said, the tenant pays into there, the landlords get paid. So the funds aren't pooled together and there's no misappropriation of the funds. But yeah. We're going forward, we want to move further into the landlords sector to service them because we've got all of the data, all the plumbing charges, all of their fees, all of their BAT. So we can offer us further things to make tax digital. Like I said, there's some great tech, prop tech out there to for the landlord to manage their EPCs and to manage all of their charges and the contractors. So we want to specialize in client accounting, but we want to partner with the experts in the other areas because we believe that no one could be a master of the whole prop tech space. It's just too complex. There's too many regulators. Regional authorities have their say. Local authorities have their say. HMRC has their say. Department for Level Health Housing Communities have their say. It's a highly complex area. So let's get the expert systems in and let's all work together for the best of the landlords at the end of the day, because they're the key, key customer for this whole journey. I guess there's also the tenants as well. So is the upside for the tenants that the whole payment stuff is much more straightforward for them as well? Because I guess they're an important part of the whole piece of the puzzle as well, aren't they? They're yeah, the start of the line, the landlords, <laughs> the end of the journey. So we manage the communications. We're facilitating open banking for them so they can set up a, direct, uh, a standing order and uh, fire the open banking to do their rent. And they can do the one-off fees to pay the holding deposits immediately. There's little bits that I didn't realize in the journey that actually we are solving as an unintended consequence. It's things like when a tenant's viewing a property, they want to pay the holding deposit there and then. But traditionally, they just go, oh, no, I've got to go back to the office. I've got to formulate an invoice. I've got to send you an invoice. And then you've got to make a bank transfer. <laughs> and the, the world's going so fast that another tenant's already done that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I because I've got kids who are going through university and I know how like a indecision can make a massive difference whether you get a house or not. So 
you know, having the ability to do things whilst you're still in the in the property, I think is just would just be amazing to be honest. Well, yeah, but it even gets worse than that because then the letting agent only does a bank reconciliation at ten a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so they, they don't know the funds have landed until the next day. Oh my goodness! With let's pay, it's like right, you got a message, follow this, open banking, pin your page, great. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's do your ten. Let's do your referencing. Fill out these forms here and now and we'll get you moved in as soon as possible. I guess to Darmish's point is that if you've got kind of like a an account which sits at, so so would you do all the kind of agreements and stuff as well or in working with partners just have a, the whole pack ready to go. Exactly, yeah, so we integrate into pre-tenancy platforms that manage all of that. Let's get the holding deposit. Let's get the tenancy agreements out. Let's do the tenant referencing. Um, let's do the right to rent checks. Again, that's another highly complex skilled area that, you know, let's pay does not want to get into. So we want to partner with the best in class to do the pre-tenancy flow. So we can tell them, holding deposits done, right, let's crack on with the tenants referencing. You know, part of this is a is a bank account. And I mean, Adam, it's sort of fascinating to hear that effectively you are a manufacturer of accounts and you're then working with people to provide that sort of front end which sort of feels like a very modern way of kind of looking at the world and it's a great example of how embedded banking kind of works from a sort of practical point of view so and just quickly on on that sort of side of things you'll work with other industries following a sort of similar line will you yeah this is exactly the approach and while this is a particularly widespread problem and affects millions of people and affects people in everyday life. And this is fantastic that we get to work with specialists like Garrett, that him and his team have spent years on this. There's so many adjacent activities where Griffin as a bank can add value just around this industry. So I touched on some of them, but you know, any value pool, any movement of funds, any storing of funds and money around this ecosystem is an opportunity for us to take what we've already done, which is to implement bank-grade financial crime controls on individual people and companies to a point where we can issue dedicated accounts to those individual people and companies, where the deposits on those funds are FSCS protected. We've done that at massive scale. We can then go, okay, so insurance, how is insurance managed in this sector? Utilities, housing utilities managed in this sector. How efficient are these other processes that are all interconnected still around residential rental? And then we can say, okay, that's great. What are the other property sectors in this space that we can apply the same sort of approach to where we're not the specialist in the delivery of a properly manufactured, highly contextual service into an industry? but where the bank capability is solving the same problems over and over again. So this is what we look for is, this is a great entry point into a massive industry and it, it ticks our boxes for creating value and helping real people in their lives. There are lots of other sectors that we are interested in too, but like we're not going to lose sight of, of this one. What I love about this is that back in like 2014, when I was doing the digital strategy for Temenos, we essentially, I split the core from manufacturing to distribution. And in my presentation, I had to give examples because people are questioning the fact, like wh why would somebody just do distribution? Surely the two go together, the bank owns the customer, blah, blah, blah. And 
And I said, well, look, what happened? It's happened in every other industry, manufacturing and distribution separated. Distribution has specialized on owning the client relationship, specializing the services that given to that particular client. Banks can't compete on that because when you specialize the experience, they're providing some value that's on top of the financial product. So it kind of makes sense that banks manufacture the underlying products and these experienced owners drive a relationship much deeper than a bank could. And quite simply, banks can't take all of those experienced owners because you've got landlords, you've got tenants, you've got shop owners, you've got hairdressers. Any kind of business could be quite specialized with a set of services that solves problems for that sector, right? And it'd be too many different experiences for a bank to address. So so the separation is almost inevitable. Yeah. And the investment market has demonstrated that there is value in these other businesses existing. So let's just go with that flow. Organizations and founders and innovators have proven that there are real industry needs that need to be solved with highly specialized solutions. Great. But the thing that they all have in common is that everyone needs to move money at some point for some product or service. And they also need to hold money for some product or service. So while there's been a massive focus on payments, the ability to move money, well, just moving money isn't valuable. Okay, it's helpful, but you actually need to store money and create value from it. Like Otherwise, it's pipe work, but like it's not the actual factory that's manufacturing something. It's just some plumbing. Well, I mean, but it's an important part of the planning because that's where the understanding of what this experience is all about, right? So it's famous to do with landlords. What else do they need to have, right? Yeah. And that is the beauty of this. And, and I, one of the first examples I used to give of experience-driven banks was the landlord bank because I was one and I'd say, well, look, I want the account. I want them to help me with my tax return. I want the reminders on the utilities. And by the way, by doing all of this, if you make me a profitable landlord, guess what, bank? You win because I'm probably going to buy another property. And when that becomes profitable, probably going to get another one. And each one of those is going to need another loan and account, et cetera, et cetera. So you win and I win. And that's the great relationship, I think, when you get an experience-driven approach to financial services like Let's Pay. I mean, I guess if you... For Garrett, for you, you're solving the sort of client money's issue in terms of managing that. But to Darmish's point, are, do you then, through Adam, have access to sort of higher savings accounts? Like, is the money making returns? And then to Darmish's point, is would you broaden Let's Pay Out into things like mortgages as well? So you become more of a, a sort of one-stop shop for everybody who is sort of thinking about like tenancies and portfolios and all the other bits and pieces. So does it sort of open the door to other ideas around this? There, we've got a million and one ideas around why we can take this let's be. Now we've got the relationship with the tenants and the relationship with the landlords. What can we use to utilize that? And what can we finance and benefit all ends of the sector? Our core is always the agent. The agent is control of this. They're the one that's opening the door. So we'll service them first, their priority, but then can we help their landlords? If we can help their landlords, then they're more sticky for the letting agent. So they stick with the letting agent because they're offering the latest tech to service the landlord's needs. And why is half the sector, half the landlords, not with a letting agent? 
why do we have the managing it all themselves? Is it because they're not seeing the value or they're not realizing the value or the value offered isn't quite there? Let's help the letting agents fill that gap. So actually the landlords do want a letting agent because they offer a greater service to them. And there's where that'll go. We've got a five-year dream plan of designing that, but it's all on the priority. We've got to serve select agents first because they're our key client, and then we'll move further down to see how we can help them with their landlords. That's really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. When I speak to like estate agents, they have the forward-looking ones have kind of grander visions as well. So they have their sales unit and then the letting business. But the stuff that some of the bigger ones really want to get into managing properties that aren't being let, that are just being lived in by the owner themselves, right? So on this side, they're providing fixes for plumbers and electricians and da 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 and they want to bring that over to the residential side, right? And say, well, actually, look, why don't we manage this stuff for you? Just give us a ring. You ring one number and we'll sort out the fix or the repair or... and we'll get your boiler serviced every year, blah, blah, blah. So they want to sell these additional services. And, and this, you know, I just think is such a massive opportunity that um, you're right. I can imagine your roadmap is like extremely big. So <laughs> where do you your battles, right? Exactly. And then you're going right. I mean, a lot of people choose to rent and they choose to rent because they outsource the headache of managing that property. Correct. Whether that's realized by the powers that be or not. But, you know, I would love it just to outsource the management of my property, you know, just to pay a bit and ring a number and it just magically gets fixed, you know, have a landlord that services me. So there's definitely demand there for services. There's demand there for household accounts. Why not? Why have one account for your spends and all your household bills? Let's separate that out. Yeah, I mean, it was... You know, the company that we just sold asked Comey, the vision behind that was one place to manage your home. So we were holding all the documentation for your property, reminders, calendar for repairs and stuff like that. You had a contact directory for people that you needed, like a plumber, a gardener, etc. There was a chat that you could have with other households, compare who uses who, whatever, etc. And the idea was that we would consolidate engagement or interaction. And then we'll take marginal revenues from introducing other third parties, right? It's a great model. And one of the things that we didn't get to before we sold the company was actually we wanted to have an account because what does a bank do? Well, whether you're 18 and living at home or whether you're 75 or you're 50 and you've got family, you've probably got the same account and there's no specialization in it. But when you own a property... 70% of your expenses are to do with the home. It's your shopping, your bills, your mortgage, or your rent even as a tenant, right? So so that's really what we wanted to do with Ask Homey. And so that was the other kind of like link that I could see why I understand this market. And I, the numbers off the top of my head about how many households, how much they pay on bills, et cetera, et cetera. Very exciting space. Yes. We're sort of at time, I'm afraid. So I'd really like to thank you both. I mean, it's a fascinating conversation. As I say, it's a great example, I think, of a very modern approach to banking. And I can see how like, having expertise at the front end can make a real difference in terms of what you then drive out from a kind of product point of view. But 
So thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And I, I love the partnership. I love the proposition. And Garrett, I, I just can see you're going to be one of these fintechs that scales quite easily. It's a solid proposition. So congratulations. Brilliant. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Darm Demystify. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time as we take another topic and demystify it.